right, you guys, once again, we welcome you guys back for another episode of the Ball Never Lie podcast. I am one half of your host here. I am the coach. Luke so man. What up? I'm here. And once again, as we always like to start off, we want to thank you guys to our, our rookie listeners and our seasoned vet listeners who's been holding us down since day one. We appreciate you guys for all the support and all the feedback, man. Just want to thank you for, for the riding journey that we got going over here. Yeah, man, it's a journey for sure, but, you know, we weather the storm. We love this. Let's get to it. Yes, sir. This ain't nothing but fun with us. And today, today is a little special to us, you know, as as we bring the, the one-year anniversary to to our GOAT, our, our man, Kobe Bean Bryant, left us today, and he's mean so much to us. Um I'm a I'm a step back for a second, man. And, and Luke, I let you talk to the people, man. What what Kobe meant to you, man? You know, just man, let's man. let's just get it started, man. <laughs> man, and I don't know about you. It even hurts to call it an anniversary. You know what I mean? Like, right? It's just a difference, bro. Like, you know, growing up in LA, being able to you know have Kobe really like visible. You get what I'm saying? Like. I'm pretty sure you've seen him a couple times. I've seen him a couple times. We've been, we've both been to the Drew League, so we know, we know like it's a difference. We know what's up, man. It's I got so many memories. I remember when he used to come out with shoes. He'd be at the Fox Hills Mall. Yes, sir. Shoe. Like it, it's different for us. So like this one really hit home. I think you know L.A. was already you know down bad with the Nip situation. And then we come back and it's Kobe next. And it's just like, I don't know, our world's crashed, man. And then, you know, for him to have a daughter, like for people that have daughters that hit even harder, you know, the other victims, it wasn't just, you know, him and his daughter, even though he's the most famous out that situation, all those victims, man, you feel bad for all of them. But man, Kobe meant so much to LA and basketball in general. We didn't grow up debating, you know, if he's the GOAT since we was kids. So it's like, man, we didn't argue about this guy forever. So it just hurts to, you know, not see him grow old, not be able to see him talk at his Hall of Fame speech, not see him really get his flowers until he was gone, man. It hurts. No, nah, for sure. It definitely does. I felt that Kobe, Kobe grew up in our homes of L.A. If you were a Laker fan and like you said, a fan of basketball, a true fan of basketball because I remember just growing up at a young age, Kobe was hated on from Jump Street. I never understood why, maybe because he was selfish to other people's eyes. If maybe that's how much he cared to win, he wanted to win. And and also just to touch back on what you said on everybody who lost their lives in that that tragedy, from his daughter Gigi to the other seven victims that were on that that helicopter ride. You know, just rest in peace to them. Blessings. We just condolences to their families. Wish them the best. But yeah, man, just like you said, just growing up in LA, we Kobe was in our homes. We we was riding with him with the air balls through Utah, through the dunk contest, through all the playoff runs, even when he wanted to get traded. I remember just being a kid listening to ESPN Radio LA 710, just saying, please don't trade Kobe. I never wanted Kobe to leave ever. He was he was my basketball hero. And I still remember to this day, just, just when he left, he left us, I was at work going on lunch break and just receiving that call of what happened. I didn't believe it until the news broke. And I still haven't gotten over that day 
to to this day. It, it still bothers me. Still think of Kobe. Like you said, all the good memories of of being there when the first Kobe released at the Fox Hill Mall. Got to meet Lamar Odom and Karan Butler also, so that was fun. Seeing him at the Drew Leagues, just it's, it's it's so it's so many memories, man. Just that that hits home and hits the heart. It it it'll never be the same without him. Yeah, man. I think everybody, you know, at that moment can remember where they were, or just you know what was going on at the time, man. This is this is an icon gone. So soon, especially while we're watching him, you know, go through his second phase. Like, of course, he's a basketball player, but everybody knows Kobe was a businessman. So to watch him go through this second phase of coaching, like, I know for me and you, that inspired us because we're we were coaching at the time. So, you know, just watching him coach the youth, watching him really teach his daughter, Zach Randolph's daughter, like it was exciting to watch. And those girls were, you know, they were dogs, man. And some of them are still alive, so they're going to be dogs. And I'm pretty sure they keep him in their memory and their work ethic. So it's just like he touched so many lives in different ways. It's it's kind of hard to even put it in words sometimes, man. Yeah, seeing the the icon that Kobe meant to the world and what he's given back to the game of basketball, and not just to to the the players that are in the NBA now, but you even touched on just to the, the younger generation, especially the girls, he's impacted and and been a huge advocate of, of women's basketball. That's definitely needed because there's definitely a lot of talent there and it's growing. And we've seen, we've seen how much of his impact that he made on them because now we see other NBA players heavily invested as far as shedding their light on the game of WNBA and, and women's basketball also. But we not go more too much on, on, on the passing of of Kobe, but we are gonna get into some of the, the, the better times of uh, when when he was here. So, just to share some of your thoughts, man, and, and some of your favorite moments of the bean. Uh one of my top moments was um, USA basketball, man. Oh wait, when you know. Um, Everybody's, you know, pretty much all the top guys are on the team. But Kobe just stood out, especially against Spain. Like, you could tell there was a different level he took it to. I know everybody, you know, looks at Team USA and just knows, all right, we're going to blow people out. It's going to be fun. But that man really took it to another level, and it just showed, you know, the the gap of um, talent when it came to the NBA and when it came to, like, him and – you know, guys that were at the top of the league at the time, like Melo, LeBron, Wade, Darren Williams, Chris Paul, like he just, he was a different guy at that time. So that was one moment where I just was like, man, this guy is, you know, crazy. Cause it was like, it's supposed to be all fun and games, even though, you know, they're repping the country. He, he took it so serious. And it was like, you had to respect that. And then, you know, another favorite moment of mine, you know, the Mavericks game. 62 points. Um, I was glued Man, that's to the screen. One of my favorites. Yeah, I was glued to the screen that game. Of course, we got the 81-point game. A great game. That was another one. But, man, I don't think people really remember this one. But the series against the Timberwolves, when um, he did the reverse slam, I don't know why, but I, did, I think I was – 
that's that was 2004 so i was eight i remember i had a fisher price basket and i just kept doing that reverse slam all night trying to like, <laughs> emulate it so i i always remember that moment and then maybe lastly you know him winning finally winning that ring with the magic i mean against the magic i just felt i felt that because i'm not gonna lie to you uh, when we lost to the Pistons in 04, I remember I was outside. I was at my boy's house, and I was really crying, man. It it, it hit me different. I I was a, I mean, I still am at a young age, diehard Laker fan. So I was crying. I was so pissed off. I hated the Pistons. I hated Ben Wallace. Man, um, I've never seen a team really control us like that to where Shaq was being guarded one-on-one and they just took yeah. Kobe out. Kobe Kobe won us our only game in that finals. And, oh, man, too many bad memories, yeah. man. Too I remember that. Memories. And I hated Carl Malone. I remember he went on take out mine. And it seemed like, I, I mean, I was younger, so I don't know. I can't find that interview now. But it seemed like he was kind of blaming Kobe. And I hated him until I was older and able to respect him a little bit more. Still don't really like him, but. Those memories, yeah. man, it was different. I would say that Drew League moment, but I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> that that's year, not one of your favorite moments. Yeah, I already know. Yeah. <laughs> I went to every Drew League game that year and missed one for church. And the one time I miss it, <laughs> he comes and becomes the goat. You know, in LA, it's like, man, I didn't see everybody. Demar, shoot, uh, Meta, uh, so many names. Steve Blair. It was so many guys that year. And the one guy I miss is the Kobe game where he's against Harden. He hits a game winner. The gym is going crazy, man. I'll never forget that moment either. It, you know, it was dope that he came to L.A., you know, to, you know, he took a step down and played in the Drew League because everybody knows if he wasn't really from L.A., he wasn't playing in the Drew League like that. It, you might get like one week or whatever, but it wasn't like a Kobe or LeBron that would show up. It'd be more like not role players, but not superstars. You get what I'm saying? Because that. It was not that much yeah. security. It was it was like, a, you know, a community thing. So it wasn't as it is now. It's all sponsored by Nike and all that now. So everybody's coming. But back then, man, that was rare. So it was like, yeah, I can miss a week. And then I miss a week and it's fucking Kobe, man. I'll never forget that. But I'm going to yeah, pass I, it to you, man. Talk about it, man. I know we didn't, we didn't been through a lot. Man, for real, man. Just one, one of my favorite moments, man, of Kobe's just – his, his last game, man, his last game, it, it means so much to me because it was on my birthday. It was April 13th, 2016. I just turned 23. And I already knew it really wasn't my birthday. It was Kobe's day. And I was fine with that because <laughs> that was my favorite player. So I was just like, hey, mama day, my birthday comes after. That's fine. Um, I just remember being down at LA Live with the family, mother, my, my father, my, my little brother, and it was funny. My my dad tried to get tried to get tickets to Kobe's last game before the retirement. Um, around the same time he announced the retirement. But like he said, he said one ticket costs twelve hundred dollars. I ain't buying you one ticket if I ain't going. So all good. But just to be able to to cherish that moment, to be down there, to see so many people. I was I was able to meet Doug Collins after the game, Kerry Champion, Hannah Storm. And just, just being around that aura, just those L.A. streets, man, just after the game, everybody chant Kobe. Everybody just gathered around having a, a good time, having a blast. Police didn't bother nobody. So that was fun, man. I definitely was 
was was happy to see that and and live that moment. And another favorite moment of mine is the the game seven of the Portland against Portland Trailblazers when he threw the alley to Shaq. That was my first first LA game I've ever been to in my life. I was seven years old, and the way that actually happened was, and I know if I don't tell this story, my dad gonna get on my ass. So. And if anybody ever meets my dad, he'll tell you this story, no matter what, religiously. He was coming back from a flight from Vegas where he met Dr. the late, great Jerry Buss. And he kind of stopped him, pulled him to the side. was just like, hey, you know, I don't mean to bother you, but aren't you Dr. Jerry Buss, you know, the owner of the Lakers? And he's like, yeah, you know, that's me. So they chopped it up a little bit. Long story short, he ended up leaving tickets uh, for us at Will Call for the game seven. So I just remember... You know, we didn't hear back from him for a while. So we were about to go to the movies to go see Big Mama House. And we got the phone call that we got the ticket. So Pops was like, you know what, change of plans. We go into the game. So, of course, you know, we went to the game. We was getting our ass whooped at first. I'm just like, man, this is my first Laker game as a kid. Like, we suck. And I was just sitting down bad. All of a sudden, I see Kobe get that block shot. And we come back down. Brian Shaw hits the three. And then here we go. Now, all of a sudden, we get down to that one of the final moments. Kobe hits that crossover, throws that alley-oop to Shaq. And just, I still remember that, the whole Staples Center going crazy. I wish I still had my KCAL line, gold, gold Lakers shirt, man. It was it was just a fun memory just just to, to relive, man, and and to know that's that's when I, I truly fell in love with, with L.A. Laker basketball and just the grasp of things, man. I still remember to this day me trying to play in a, in a game at the YMCA, trying to shoot like Kobe, like form and everything. My mom was just like, why are you doing that? You don't shoot like that. And I was just like, I'm just trying to be like Kobe. She's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, there goes the end of that. Yeah, you know, everybody would go back, you know, to the gym or playground and, you know, try the new moves. I remember every day. I was in elementary, so every day at lunch, you know, that little 30 minutes, we playing full court basketball. And, you know, I, I started to really think I was Kobe at moments. So I, I picked the, the kids I knew wasn't good enough and go against, <laughs> you know, the rest of the kids. Of course, I'd be pissed off. We, you know, sometimes we'd win and sometimes we'd lose, but I definitely was putting up a fight physically. <laughs> Um, you know, always fighting, always debating. Definitely got in multiple fist fights because of Kobe. So, you know, it's, oh, it's so many memories. <laughs> man, what I still remember when, when we actually lost against um, the Pistons, I got I got a close homie who's a who's a, a true Piston fan to this day, and and he was just like, "Yeah, I told y'all y'all suck, y'all couldn't do anything, y'all ain't shit." And I was just like, "Man, don't you ever talk down bad about Kobe? We gonna be all right." And just, just that whole moment of those years of when Kobe wasn't winning, when, when Shaq left to Miami, everybody just was saying Kobe couldn't do it. He, he, he was never going to win a ring without Shaq. It felt so good that when he did finally break through against Orlando, and then when he was able to go back to back, and we, we beat the Celtics, oh uh, man, that, that title, that title win felt felt so good to me. I, I I felt I felt like I was on the court with Kobe when that happened. And in the post game interview, like he said, man, I got I got five. So that means I got one more than Shaq. I felt all that energy and I loved it. Yeah, even you know, even the parades, man, it's 
I'm pretty sure we can keep going for hours and hours and hours because it was it's so many memories, it's so many moments. You know, this guy played 20 years, like it's it's of, crazy. Of greatness. Yeah. Never cheated the game. You see so many dudes sit out for, for low management now, and he played through separated shoulders and broken fingers and so many things. Like you said, we could go on for hours, man, but I just want to cap it off by saying, you know, rest in peace again to the, to the late great Kobe Bryant, to, to Gigi Bryant and everybody who lost their lives on that, on that tragedy of the helicopter crash. We'll, we'll always love and miss Kobe forever. And, and he'll always live, live through us, man, for, for sure, especially through the city of L.A. He'll never die. Yeah, man. R.I.P. to the legend. Legends live forever, for sure, man. Salute right. to Kobe and everybody else. You know, we pray for the families as they continue to heal. We pray for the friends, you know, everybody else that's, you know, been in contact with these people before, have a rapport, a relationship, man. I hope that they're all able to heal, you know, because at the end of the day, we're fans and this is these people's real real life. So, you know, we, we pray for them, man. Yes, definitely. And then also, especially to Vanessa as well. We know this is a, a heavy day on her heart, not just losing a husband, but also a daughter at that. So just prayers to the Bryan family and all the families that are out there. Our condolences to them. You know, just just we, we, we're here to let them know that we, we always got their back and we with them no matter what. Yeah, for sure, man. But, you know, it's, it's hard to move on from this, but, you know, let's, let's get to the NBA and, you know, some guys that claim to be, you know, the protégés of Kobe or, you know, Kobe's little homies, whatever you want to call them, man. Let's, let's get on this Brooklyn topic again, man. What, what's up with Brooklyn in your eyes? Hey, man, you know, we got one week of, of Brooklyn basketball. Kyrie decided to come back from his, his PTO break. And at first, it, of course, the back-to-back -back games against Cleveland, I'm not going to hold them to such a high standard because, one, it was they played one game together as that big three. And also, Cleveland got some talent, so I'm not going to, to bag on them so much of losing. But you, we clearly see the writing on the wall. They need some help defensively. Offensively, it's not the problem, so we're not going to really get into that. For me, it's just defensively. Jared Allen was out there playing with little kids at times, and we've seen Brooklyn now give up almost a 100-plus points every time they've gone out there on the defensive side, besides last night against Miami, a depleted Miami team. But just the previous game before that, they gave up 124 to them. So I just feel like they just got to fix their, their, their defensive problems their chemistry on defense has to come but that's gonna they're gonna need more help they can't just do it with the roster they have constructed they got to go out there and get some bigs um we've heard some rumors of them getting kevin love or being interested in kevin love that doesn't really solve defensive problems if you ask me and then also who's to say kevin love wants to be in that role of now you're being the fourth wheel to to kyrie katie and james harden but they're also interested in JaVale McGee also, so that's more of a fit, and JaVale could definitely bring energy and defense to that team. So, again, going forward, Brooklyn's not done making moves. However, I just don't want to see any team just give Brooklyn anything. So hopefully hopefully for them, they can get together and reach their expectations. Uh, I'm going to still just wait back and, and sit back and see what's going on, man. But what you think of Brooklyn so far? Man, it's Everything you, you said, man, the, 
it's the defense, bro. I don't, I don't understand how people still aren't realizing that one, if we're going to be honest, I know they still have a 12 man roster, but they have no debt at all. Like they have nothing when it comes to the bench, like let's say KD gets in foul trouble and Harden needs a rest. Kyrie is going to have to, you know, take over for the rest of the game, vice versa, whoever it is. The point is they don't have depth or they don't have a player on their bench that really can come in if they're all having an off night and give you 18 to six or 16 to 18. Like they just don't have that. So it's hard to really give them the credit that everybody wants. Like, oh, they're going to be in the finals or they're going to run through the East. Like, yeah, talent wise, they're better, but that's not how basketball works. You know, this is Thank this you. is a this is a deep game. This is defense when it comes to the playoffs, and their style of play really doesn't work for playoffs because all they're doing is iso isolation basketball and dumping it off. We've seen this on every team that they they've had. Like James Harden on the Rockets has had talent, and it does not work this way. If there's no defense, this game, you know, like I don't see them winning any seven game series, other than you know if they get a number one seed and they go play the magic or the piston. Well, no, the piston ain't going to make it, but you get what I'm saying. Like a lower <laughs> yeah. tier team, that second round is going to be the tough one. You got the heat who have the bodies to at least slow down KD and Harden, you know, all you got to do is get Harden to get five, six turnovers. He can have his 30 points, but then turnovers is going to lose it. And then if you're watching Kyrie's getting his shots up, but he ain't, he's not efficient. He's not really scoring like that. So it's going to be hard. And then, they're damn near scoring. They have to score 140 to beat teams. Like, I just don't see it, bro. I really don't. This is it's pretty nasty. Yeah, the game is definitely going to slow down come playoff time. And then another team that I'll throw out there who will cause Brooklyn some problems in the playoffs with the roster that's currently constructed, the Indiana Pacers. I think that's a dark horse team that people better watch out for going forward, especially if Brooklyn runs into them and they don't drastically fix their roster, like you said, just with the depth and then also their defensive problems because Indiana will come and muck it up and make it a defensive game where they're going to – it's going to be frustrating for Brooklyn to to be able to to to, to win a seven-game series. And then also I just want to touch on real quick, like you said, the big three. Yeah, we know how talented Kyrie James and KD are, but we can't sit here and compare this big three – and that we see here in Brooklyn to what was accomplished in Golden State and just say, okay, just because they have a big three with, with superstar talent that they're going to now get to the finals, that people should automatically put them in the finals. That Golden State big three fit. That was a mess that, that fit differently. Kevin Durant was coming into a system where he's now playing with, with two outstanding NBA shooters. They don't need the ball. They don't have to dribble the ball to get their shots off. There was a system that was put in place. And then also, we're not going to see the same defense from James Harden that we saw from Clay Thompson or the the spacing and the movement that was caused by Clay Thompson just in comparison to James Harden because James Harden does not move off the ball still and he doesn't sacrifice or play the defense the same as Clay Thompson does. So hopefully people realize yeah, that. Yeah, like he's still standing at half court, right? That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, so Brooklyn's going to be interested to see, man. I I want to see how they build their team going forward and and what they do to to improve that roster, man. But yeah, man, right in, my bad. Let me let me say one more thing. You got it. Even even with all these rumors of okay, maybe JaVel McGee, maybe Kevin Love. What the hell do they have to trade, bro? 
they have no trade pieces anymore. Like to be completely honest, like what are they gonna trade? They can't trade uh, Bruce Brown. He's their only defensive player that is able to fit with this big three. They cannot trade uh, Shamit because one, his value ain't that crazy, but also you know he's really their only knockdown three point shooter. Even though he's scared to shoot the ball when it matters, so it's like what pieces do they have to trade? <laughs> Let's, and you know, it's completely funny too. Be honest. And you're right. So, like, if I'm a team, if I'm a team that that I see Brooklyn needs me, I'm asking for something outrageous. I just want Jeff Green back. And I know they'll say no. They'll be like, well, you don't want you don't want to win the championship that bad. And it's funny that you brought up Landry Shamit because I remember I read a report somewhere that Brooklyn was shopping Landry Shamit around for a first first round pick. I damn near screamed. That that was that shit. I didn't get it all especially when he's not playing that first-round pick talent right now. Yeah, like, it's, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know how they even thought about shopping that first-round pick because he's not worth that. But if they were to get it, then, hey. Yeah, man, Brooklyn, I guess Brooklyn's going to offer a team, what, a 20-32 first-round pick? Hell no. Teams better stand packed, man, <laughs> and, and show some respect for yourselves, man. Yeah. All right. Like I said, man, this is why I wasn't crazy about this hardened trade. I mean, it's fun to watch sometimes, but it also isn't because, dude, I test wise, they're the worst defensive team other than Portland. Like, completely honest, they're the worst. It, it, it's annoying to watch sometimes because, like, all right, you got a cool three point basket, but then you're coming back and giving up three pointers. So it's like, it's pointless to watch sometimes. Yeah, especially when your offense can go in a drought too, because we've seen that your offense is will will come and go at times. Your defense is always going to be there, and when they playing defense, it's never there. So, again, good luck to them. We I can't wait to to see how this all plays out going forward, man. Yeah, for sure. And you know, last thing, salute to Karis Levert. We just got the news that he went through a successful surgery, so. You know, that's a guy that was part of the trade. That was a big piece of the trade. And it's good to see that, you know, he went through a successful surgery because that was a scary moment. You know, he would have never knew if he didn't go get that physical because he got traded. So salute to him. Yes, sir. For real, man. We're huge fans of Karis LeVert, man. We can't wait till he gets back on the court. Glad to hear that everything went well for him. And just to transition into things real quick, since he is on a new team, Indiana Pacers, Let's, mm-hmm. let's dive into our power rankings real quick, man. I, I'm pretty sure I can guess who your one and two are between the the, the Lakers and the, and the Clippers. So just you can uh, just break down break down your power rankings to me one time. Okay. Um, like you said, it's still Lakers and Clippers at one and two for obvious reasons. Um, the Clippers could drop though. I'm not gonna lie because they have. Uh, um, Kawhi and PG through uh, health protocols, so that's going to be you know different to see. Oh yeah, they're um, going to drop. I'm three. just waiting on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at three, surprisingly, right now I have Utah. They are playing very well. They're twelve and four. I'm not a you know I'm still not a fan. I'm I'm kind of like Shaq, <laughs> and we'll get into him <laughs> later. But I'm I'm not a fan because I I know they can't get over the hump, but. You know, for for power ranking sake, it's a weekly thing. So they're definitely at three right now. At four, I have the Sixers, who are twelve and six. Um, you know, it's, it's still 
pretty much the same team, except Embiid is playing like an MVP. Um, he's definitely giving LeBron and I'm trying to think of who the second guy is. I, I lost it. Uh, LeBron and it doesn't matter. He he's definitely <laughs> top two in MVP. I know LeBron's one, especially after last night. Um, at four, no, I'm I'm sorry. At five, I have the Bucks at ten and six. Um, the makeup of the team is still the same, so it's not much to talk about. At six, I have Boston, who's at ten and six as well. They're starting to get their guys back. They lost uh, Peyton for at least two to three weeks, so that's going to be big, but other guys have to step up. What number am I at? Seven? Yeah, we got seven. At seven, I have Brooklyn. They are at 11 and eight. At eight, I have the Pacers, who is at 10 and seven right now. At nine, I have the Nuggets, who's at 10 and seven. And then my 10th team is the Warriors at nine and eight. I know they're eighth in the West right now, but you know, they're trending upwards. We're starting to see them get a little bit more comfortable. So I had to give them their credit at 10 because they're trending up and you can see that, you know, Curry is really still Curry. He had uh, 15 points in three minutes last night. And that was really fun to watch. I know it was a Timberwolves. That but, shit was still you know, insane. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> that shit was a fun to watch, man. I don't, it's I like, don't care. It, it's crazy how he's still doing exactly what he wants. And it's still crazy that people doubted him. So, yeah, I got them at 10. Talk to me about your top 10, man. For sure, man. You know, of course, one, we got the, the defending reigning champs, the Lakers right now, especially on this the, the current road trip, trip they're on. They're on a winning streak. Um, two is the Clippers still. Um, Kawhi and PG are both at shooting fit over 50, 40, and 90%. So they've been on a on a roll. But like we said, now they're gonna be they're gonna have to miss games due to the, the COVID health and safety protocols. So we just gotta see how how well and how strong that team really is. Um, especially with them going on the road, their first game will be against Atlanta. So I want to see how that plays out. Um, at Three, I have the Boston Celtics. I got the Boston Celtics because Jalen Brown's been hooping at a, at a, an all-star level. His name has been brought up. I've seen in most improved conversations. Um, he's just definitely been playing at an all-NBA type of level for me, especially with, with some of the players they've been missing. I have to put him up there, number three. Number four, I do have the Utah Jazz, like you said, uh, with Shaq. Shaq's criticism, uh, we'll get a little bit into that. But for, I, I got Utah. They don't pass the the eye test for me as far as comparing them to those teams who are, who are at the top. But we shall wait and see. Um, but for me, number four, um, who, where am I, five? Yeah, you're at five. You just said Utah yeah. at four. Okay, yeah. So at, at five, I actually got Brooklyn. I got Brooklyn over... I'm sorry, no, at five, I got Philly. I got Philly at five, just because you said Joel Embiid, again, is playing at an MVP level. At six, I got Brooklyn. Brooklyn's at six for me. At seven, I have Milwaukee, only because those two games against Brooklyn and the Lakers, it that was a that was a true eye test for me. And mainly the eye test was for, for Giannis. Giannis, again, is just that his numbers are almost becoming empty calorie stats for me. They don't, 
is not doing anything when you need him in the clutch to make free throws. He's not doing it. His free throw percentage has been getting progressively worse over the past few years. So, again, that's why that, that's a drop for me. At eight, I have the Indiana Pacers. Indiana Pacers just got back Jeremy Lamb. I'm glad about that. He looks good coming back from that ACL injury. Also, Miles Turner is back, defensive player of the year candidate. You can you can see the difference he made when he was when he was in compared to when he was out. Um, at nine, first time team, I got the Denver Nuggets. They're starting to get their act together. They're on a nice current running streak right now. Um, also, them beating Phoenix back to back on the road last week that was that was huge. And then also at number ten, I got got kind of a tie a little bit. I got. I got the the Golden State Warriors, like you said, and then I also want to show some love to the Cleveland Cavaliers just because of the week they've had, and in particular, Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton has been playing at a top point guard position that a lot of people need to need to show love and give credit to, and I'll be one of the first to do it because everybody knows I would shit on the, the Cavaliers and the Hornets in the past podcast episodes, so... I just want to give their flowers as they're due. So salute to Cleveland. Hopefully they can continue to do what they're doing and continue to be successful because they have a, a nice, fun, exciting backcourt and team to to watch. Yeah, man. Cleveland, you know, they're number two in defense. So it's it's fun to watch them play. And then, you know, you always want to watch young guys. So it's 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 definitely fun to watch them run up and down the court and you know, give buckets, especially that 42-point game he had against Kevin Durant and the Nets. It just was, you know, it, it put him on the map. You know, people are still sleeping on uh, Sexton and Darius Garland. Garland's been injured a little bit. They've both been injured, but Sexton's played a little bit more. And, you know, it's time to stop sleeping on the young guys. They're, they're definitely coming. He's hungry. I'm, I still have him, you know, in that. Darren Fox category like I, I think he's up there with those guys so I just want him to continue to prove it so people can look crazy yeah for sure man a young bull especially on, on both sides of the ball not too many point guards nowadays you you see playing defense on the on the other opponent's point guard so I definitely want to give a big salute to that man and and so speaking on some of the young players uh, let's let's get to our rookie rankings man we've seen We've seen more rookies step up and, and start to hoop, man. So I, I just want to get in, in, into who I got real quick. Um, at Coming in at number one this week, I got somebody new, man. Well, not somebody new, but just just someone who deserves their flowers, man. Cole Anthony. We've seen Cole Anthony hit a game winner against Minnesota to to stop the, the losing streak that was going on in Orlando. And then also now him being in that start, starting point guard role, he, he's, he looks really good. Um, he has the the veterans and the and the teammates that that instills confidence in him, and that's very huge of going in into a new role, especially as a rookie, especially just as a new player into a new system. That's very key for 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 anybody to have that confidence and your team surround you and instill that confidence in you. And he's playing with it, so I'm glad to see that. Um, mm -hmm. Number two, number two, I got Emmanuel quickly. Quickly has been hooping for the New York Knicks. Um, especially against Portland, he put up 31 and about six assists. I want to say about five, six assists. So going against a, a guard like Damian Lillard, that's not easy. Again, we know they don't play defense, but you still got to go out there and hoop and, and, and show something. So I'm glad about that. 
Um, number three, I got James Wiseman because his numbers have been more, he's starting to contribute more to the Golden State success. And we're starting to see him get a little bit more, more situated, starting to look more comfortable in that Golden State and the Golden State system, especially defense with Draymond barking in his ear. So that's, that's always good to have. Um, number four, I got LaMelo. LaMelo only dropped for me because the turnovers are starting to rack up. We've seen James Borrega came out and, and say, well, the reason why he's starting to play less because he's turning the ball over at a high rate. And sometimes people don't watch the full game of basketball, especially with the Charlotte Hornets. I know people just see the highlights and, and just get wild and amazed at LaMelo, but he is a high turnover prone person. So James Borrega, he has the right coach that's, that that has him, I'm not going to say on a leash, but just just keeping his his minutes in check and just keeping his playing style in check. And and that's something that he needed going forward. And number five for me, I got um, Tyrese Halliburton. I like Halliburton's game. Again, just he plays at, at his pace, can't really speed him up, can't can't get him out of out of just out of out of sorts. So I like I, I like that. That's the top five for me this week. I like those guards and, and James Wiseman. Uh, talk to me about your five this uh, this week, man. Uh, I want to have James Wiseman. You know, him and LaMelo keep switching, but he's definitely contributing to a team that needs him at the moment. He's I know he got benched yesterday as the starter, but other than that, like you said, he's been putting up numbers. He's learning. You can see him growing each game. At two, I have Cole Anthony. Um, he's top five in every rookie category, minutes, points, rebounds, assists. And like you said, he, I watched an interview where he was talking about it. He said he, he called his dad and told him like, yo, I'm starting to get more comfortable. Like I'm starting to really understand this. So it was fun to watch. Um, at three, I have LaMelo. He has dropped from one because like you said, his turnovers, um, also he doesn't play any defense. Like we already knew that about him, but you're six, eight, man. It's like, I don't know how I could just bypass it just because you're a good passer and, you know, a little highlight tape. I can't bypass it. You're six, eight. Cause if, if you were seven foot, which, you know, that's four more inches, but if you were seven foot and played no defense, people would shit on you to the day you die. So it's like, I can't, I can't not shit on him cause he could pass the ball at four. I have, that's um, true. At four, I have quickly, like you said, he's been he's been hooping off the bench. And then, you know, like he's playing with Tom Thibodeau. So it's like you have to play defense to get in the game. So I definitely yeah. have to salute him for that because he's obviously he's doing his job and he's getting minutes by playing defense and, you know, just giving his full effort. And he's definitely doing that. And then at five, you know, um, I still have Hallenberg. Like He hasn't. You know, they've uh, postponed two of their games, so it's kind of hard to still have them in the top five, but Anthony Edwards isn't playing any better. So that's why he got kicked out of my top five for quickly and quickly moved to four because he's played more games. So, you know, that's my five. I kind of, um, kind of, you know, the, this is hard to evaluate the rookies just because the games keep getting canceled. So we're not really seeing enough of Denny. Um, they haven't played since January 13th. So they missed like uh, two weeks of basketball. So it's, it's, it's still hard sometimes to evaluate these rookies. So 
for our top five, it's damn near going to be the same guys just jumbled around. Yeah, man, for real. It's this the, the postponing of, of the games due to COVID is, is definitely starting to ramp up. And just before we get into that that situation, um, just want to throw out another rookie name for people to watch. Precious Achua over there in Miami Heat due to all the bodies they're missing. He's starting to step up and play more. And he looks really good out there. So just another name for people to, to watch out for. But like you said, man, just we're starting to miss more games due to COVID. We now see Memphis Grizzlies have to postpone about three, three to four games, I want to say. Uh, we just got Washington back from their two-week hiatus, and we've seen how they look against San Antonio. They definitely have to work out the, the kinks, and they weren't already a good NBA team, and now they still have to work themselves back into NBA game shape. So my question is to you, man, do you – do you see the NBA reaching their 72 games or making up the games that were missed? Um, this jumps into another topic that we were going to talk about. I see, or what I want to happen is, I think during that all-star week of breaks, I think they should, um, instead of having that all-star game, I think they should make up a couple games in that week, you know, kind of have it tournament style where it's back-to-back games for that, you know, that little week, like, all right, you have the Blazers playing whoever then the next game, you know, just making up games for our entertainment. And I'm pretty sure nobody would be mad that the All-Star game is um, canceled if we're making up games because I'm pretty sure a lot of people have been mad. You know, the casual fan has been mad that all these games have been postponed because, you know, or like, you know, players missing from that game because, you know, most people watch games for a star, like, and it's an hour before a game and all of a sudden the star is not playing because of COVID. So it's like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what they can do. I, like I said, they're in a limbo, man. They, they can't go into a bubble because these guys are going to, you know, go crazy about that. But they also can't really stop COVID and you can't stop grown men from not following rules. You get what I'm saying? It's like, they just have to have either like hard fines or something. It, it, you know, what's crazy though. Have you noticed the Lakers have no real COVID issues other than Alex Caruso? Zero. And I heard Kyle Kuzma saying it's because nobody wants to mess it up. So it's like, if they have that mentality, then I'm pretty sure the rest of this league can have that mentality. It's just these guys don't have that commitment. So that's why I keep blaming the players because it's like some teams really aren't having these issues and then some teams are having a lot of issues. So it's weird to me. Yeah, man. I mean, it goes back to say, just to me, for me, it goes back to that mama mentality. And that's what the Lakers do have. And I say that because they're locked in. We've seen in the bubble, they locked in, they sacrificed. They're doing it now. They're sacrificing. And what Alex Caruso, he missed games because like a friend came over for Christmas, like Christmas Eve or something like that. And, and that friend got COVID. So he, he was okay. Thankfully, hopefully his friend is okay. But but yeah, man, we see we see who's taking it serious. We see those who aren't. So again, it's funny what Lucas said earlier this season. The champions might come down to whoever's just the most healthy. So I I believe that they one the league shouldn't have an all star um, week. They shouldn't have an all star game, especially with COVID going on, especially in Atlanta. Even though that does sound very fun, I will say that just the thought and the imagination of all-star week in Atlanta, but that's another topic to stay on, stay on topic at hand. Um, I 
kind of don't see the NBA reaching their full 72 games. I probably see them maybe reaching 65, 60 to 65 games. I thought it was smart for them to at least come out with the first half of the schedule and not release a full schedule because it does give them that little bit of room to try to try to maneuver and fit games in that were missed. So we we should see some of that. I'm sure the league is already working on that. They they stay two steps ahead of these things. So hopefully they focus more of their energy of of replaying these games instead of all-star games because now we're talking about playoff standing standings and situations and the playoff rounds, playing rounds. So hopefully we will be able to to get these games and rather than see just an ex- exhibition game that nobody really cares about. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be difficult. I don't really see them reaching 72 games either, but I also don't want that excuse because it seems like regardless, people continue to make excuses. And it's like, if you think about it, you're fighting a harder battle harder battle than ever. So that's why I would salute the champions. I wouldn't, you know, diminish what they've done because of the obstacles they went through. Yeah, man. Anybody who's still have, having that conversation about asterisks or, or the bubble wasn't that hard, just shut up. All right. Just just stop it. Stop the shenanigans right now. We'll kill all that noise. Yeah, but, you know, let's move on to the criticism in Shaq, man. How do you feel about the way <laughs> Shaq is handling players? And, you know, not we're not just, you know, we'll broaden it. Not just Shaq, but how how do you feel about criticism to NBA players, I guess we could say. Oh, man, it's funny. So just just to update everybody, for those who didn't see the the Utah post-game interview after the Jazz beat the Pelicans, you know, Shaq straight up told Donovan Mitchell, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't impressed so far and that he feels that his game should 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 continue to grow. And he he's looking for Donovan Mitchell to take that step to the next level. I thought Donovan Mitchell looked hurt by the comments. He just said, all right. It looked like it, all his feelings was right there on his face. I've seen the pain. But I, I think it's it's I'm in the middle of this. I feel that it's it's fair, but it's also foul only because Shaq Shaq does have that right. Like he says, he's G14 classified. He he has that right to speak on on what players should be getting better at and and what what to what the improvement is in order to win a championship. But and, and I also think that players are a little bit more they're not as tougher skin as we've seen in the past because again, we go back to this again. How many t- how many times have we seen Kobe get dogged through the press, through the media? And yet this man just wrote he just found a way to rise above it all and just prove people wrong. Too many, too many players nowadays, they they want their ball and they and they want their hoop and they just and they they want yes men. I think a lot of players don't want to be challenged, but also at the same time, I feel as if they may feel some type of way because it is coming from a former player in Shaq. So maybe they they see they can see it coming from the media or from fans or from outsiders, but I think it may rub them the wrong way, especially players like like Kevin Durant, who's who's called them it who's called people like Charles Barkley idiots and and former players called them out. But I think they they feel some type of way because like I said, they those former players have been through those trenches and they know how hard it is to win or to or to sacrifice. So maybe that's how I'm looking at it from a player's point of view of the standpoint. But again, for me, man, it's it's just you gotta just take that, take that, take that on the chin, man. If if you have a problem with constructive criticism and people calling out your game, 
go prove them wrong. That's how I look at it. It's just a new challenge. I look at it as a new challenge. You should be able to, to want that challenge and, and, and try to meet that challenge and, and succeed it. Yeah, and to piggyback off you, man, it's like what player hasn't gone through this? What what top guy hasn't gone through, you know, the, the talks? LeBron's been hated since he walked in the league. So here's, here's where I'm in the middle. Shaq and, you know, guys like that are able to talk to me just because – like you said, they're classified. You know, if they're harsh, they're harsh. But you know, sometimes life is harsh reality. True but guys harsh. like yeah, guys like Kendrick Perkins and Jay Williams. <laughs> even though Jay Williams doesn't talk crazy, I'm not like disrespecting him. Richard Jefferson, guys like that. It's like yo, know your place. You get what I'm saying? Like I think <laughs> per- like guys like Perkins talk about big men, talk about what they could do. But you definitely can't tell me, oh, yeah, I would have done it. No, you wouldn't have because we've seen you, bro. Like, we've seen it. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not respecting that. And, you know, I'm starting to lose respect for Richard Jefferson every day now, too, because, like, yo, he was dope in his time. But when he really started winning, he was old. He wasn't really doing what he used to do. So it's like you can't tell me what it takes to win as a star when you weren't winning when you were a star. So it's like I just don't respect the old heads who aren't you know, like that. Like, I'm, I'm not, if I'm Donovan Mitchell, I'm listening to Shaq. But even Charles Barkley at times, like, the only reason I don't respect Charles Barkley is because he doesn't know basketball. People act like he's on TNT because he knows basketball. No, he's on T- TNT because he's a goddamn clown. Like, let's really be honest. That guy is pure entertainment for people. He, he doesn't even know players' names. He doesn't know what team they're on. They have a whole segment <laughs> of him guessing what team a player is on. Once you see that, like, why do you take him seriously? So I get KD. Yeah, he's definitely an idiot for sure. But Shaq, I don't think people really, you know, tackle Shaq because they know what's up. Shaq is definitely a bona fide legend. Like, ain't there's no way you can not take what he's saying into consideration. Yes, we've seen him hate on JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, but that's personal beefs. We haven't seen that with any other player. He hasn't gone to that length with any other player but those two guys because he has personal beef for whatever reason he has it but that's why i'm in the middle man it's like if you're not if you weren't top tier when you were here don't talk like you top tier when you're gone that's how i feel i can feel that man i i get you man for sure and i and players like richard jefferson and even channing fry they're just trolls to me they just like trolling people but but sometimes they sometimes a lot of these former players do be talking out the side of their neck especially especially Big Perk, man, just, I recently seen, like, a he was on a podcast where he was talking about Kyle Kuzman's playing, like, a high school basketball player, just, just some of the things he be saying, man, it's just, it's just wild, wild, wild and foul, man, so we definitely got to build a whistle called technical foul on that, but, but again, like we said, a lot of these players, they don't, they just don't like the criticism being challenged, man, that's, that's, that's what it comes down to, and, and if you don't, then, then, hey, so be it. Truth hurts. Shut us up. That's that's all I got to say. If you truly want to win and, and make the sacrifice to do what you're supposed to do, go 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 get it done. Yeah, man. That, it's, it's just that simple. Like, dudes be afraid to be challenged, but then they want to, oh, I have Mamba mentality. No, the hell you don't because he takes on challenges. He likes to hear shit like that. So, you know, get it together. I, I'm tired of the crybabiness in the league, bro. It's like, this league is coming more and more like a kid league other than a grown man league. 
It is. And then even when I'm, I'm starting to just see on the time, like people are calling out Shaq now because he's he's calling out players. No, he's challenging players for them to be at their best. We can't call these players superstars and star players that we want to see them in, in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Well, guess what? There, there are accolades that, that comes with this. Everybody can't win rings. I understand that. But the ones who, who definitely have that talent and that capability of doing it, they got to get it done. Yeah, like, why do you think AI is so respected? The dude ain't got no rings, but he fought. Just continue to fight. That's all it is. Fight. Like, it's not hard. T-Mac don't got no rings. He's well-loved. Vince Carter's well-loved. Like, there's a lot of guys that are well-loved that never got any rings. You know why? Because they fought to the death every time. Gilbert Arenas, no rings and no real accolades. He's well-loved. Like, we can continue to keep going, bro. It's just the guys that, you know, that – didn't really take their career serious, took the money over over the uh, game of basketball, stuff like that, that are hated. So it's not like these dudes are just bona fide, you know, haters. It's like they're trying to make you, you know, realize as long as you give me your full effort, you're going to be loved. Like at the end of the day, when, when it's all said and done, you don't think Westbrook's going to be loved? Like we've seen him play his heart out every single game. That's all we're asking for. Not everybody can win. We all know that. Right. And then just and and some of the things that that these players are bringing up about the players that are playing today, well, the former players that they're bringing up, it's not like they're far off. Like we've seen. I remember there was a comment and and Charles Barkley, I got to give championship Chuck his flowers on this one. He said Donovan Mitchell only has had double digit assists one time his whole career and had double digit rebounds two times his whole career. So, again, how, they're challenging him on making his his teammates better. And, and it shows. And if he has a problem with that, then go do it. Go put in the work to do that. They're not far off. They're not wrong. They're not saying you suck. They're saying you're not making teammates better, which is a part of the game. So now how do you take your game to the next level in order to do that? Because I feel as if just with Utah, if they want to be taken serious and to the to the realms of the, the Lakers and that conversation of the Clippers and being a, of the cream of the crop of the West, Donovan Mitchell has to make others better around him. Easily. Easily. It's, it's not even debatable. Yeah, man. But but with, with all being said, man, I just want to want to close out just just telling once again, everybody, thank you for, for joining us. We, we appreciate you guys. Um, again, today, go out today. If you're not huge Kobe fans, I suggest you guys go go educate yourselves. There's YouTube, there's Google, there's Twitter. Those are all free, all right? Just go type in the name Kobe Bryant. Um, even just with his, re his recent interviews before he's passed away of on All the Smoke or the Knucklehead podcast, just just please go watch and, and, and learn something new if you don't know something already, man. And with that being said, again, we support. We want to protect Black women at all costs. We want to continue to push the youth and and – and show them which the right direction to, to go into, man. Luke Ford, you got anything to say to the people before we close out? Yeah, man. Salute to the families. Continue to pray for them as they go through what they go through. You know, um, we love you, Bean. You know, this is hard to still talk about, like I said. So, you know, salute to Kobe and everything he's done for the game. And salute to the guys that's carrying his legacy, like LeBron, AD. You know, there's multiple other guys, but... We definitely want to salute those two guys because, you know, they, we've seen a difference in them since Kobe's past. So we can't let that go unnoticed and act like, 
they're not carrying on the legacy salute, you know, to the bus family. They definitely hold Kobe's name to a high estate, even when, you know, people try to drag it through the mud. Salute to Rob Palenka, you know, everybody else, man. It's, it's a long list, but, you know, salute to you guys for listening. This is definitely a harder episode to start off. Um, we appreciate the support. You know, it's all love, man. Thank you, guys. Yes, sir. And the lusty words of Kobe Bryant, Mamba out. Peace. Click the subscribe button and make sure to follow us on our Instagram page at Ball Never Lie Pod and our Twitter page, BNL underscore podcast.